There comes a point in every major project when you have to make an important decision. This is the moment that defines much of your personality and also your maturity. This is the 5AM Miracle, episode number 380. When to push and when to quit, mastering the breaking point. Good morning, I am Jeff Sanders and this is the podcast dedicated to dominating your day before breakfast. I love goals. I love really big goals. And one thing that I have seen over time is that the more that you challenge yourself, the more that you ask more of yourself, the more that you confront this breaking point, this point in time when the project seems insurmountable, when you realize, oh wait, I may have bit off more than I can chew, or something unexpected took place, or what am I going to do next? How do I navigate this next obstacle? These are common, not just common, these are expected in every major goal that you take on, whether it's starting a new business, running a marathon, having kids, getting married, whatever the thing is. When you take on difficult challenges, you get to that point sometimes really quickly with this urge to quit, this urge to give up, this urge to say, this isn't for me. And this is especially common with a new goal, one that you don't know how you're going to handle it, one you've never tried before. It's new, it's different, it's unexpected in every way, and of course, the easiest path out is to quit. And as I will discuss today with a variety of stories, there are times when quitting is the right call, but there are other times when pushing through is the only logical solution. And so for the episode this week, I'm going to highlight both when to push and when to quit and also include counterexamples of each of those scenarios uh, from my own life to show when I have done things well and when I have not. Uh, Some of these stories I have shared in this podcast before, others are new. Uh, Either way, these are great examples of what it means to not just say yes to something that's challenging, but also to know what to do in the moment when you feel that desire to give up or you just wonder, is pushing forward the healthy and best choice? Sometimes the answer is yes, sometimes no. So let's get to this. This is when to push, when to quit, mastering this moment of the breaking point. So first, let's start with when to push. And I'm going to begin with a story that's actually a counterexample. This is a story when I quit and I should not have. Years ago, I was in the middle of doing a variety of marathons. Some of them were ultra marathons. And I got to this point in my running career where I was just asking more of myself every weekend, another long run, and then a longer one, and then an even longer one. And I got to the point where I thought, you know what? I, I've run a full marathon multiple times. I've run a 50-kilometer race, which is about five miles longer than a marathon, I've done that a few times. I've even run 40 miles, or just shy of that actually, um, on an independent race I did with myself, by myself, in Nashville. So I've done all these things, and that's great. But what if I could push to 50 miles? What if I could go what most ultra runners consider to be kind of your introductory ultra race? I decided that that was a goal I wanted to take on. And so I signed up for a 50-mile ultra marathon here in Nashville, where I live, And it was one that goes in and out of the city in all kinds of really great places. And it's a really beautiful course, one that I had actually run before on a shorter distance. 
And so I picked a weekend and was ready for the race, at least in theory. I had trained somewhat, I would argue at this point, not enough. But I got to the day of the race. I had all the things I needed. I was prepared for it. I was expecting to have obstacles and difficulties and had plans to overcome those. And it just so happens that on the same weekend, I had family that was visiting from out of town. And they had just sporadically decided to come in, and I didn't know that ahead of time. And so they decided to come and visit me while I was running and and, and pop in on those different aid stations uh, to see me as I attempted my very first 50-mile ultramarathon. And so when I got to the race day, I was ready to do what I planned to do. And I got started. Everything was great. But then I got to a point later in the race when I saw my family at one of the checkpoints. And I had this feeling inside me that said, you know what? I really don't want to be running today. I would actually rather hang out with my family. And this conflict in my brain just kept pinging me every mile for the next few miles. And then it got to a point around the 50-kilometer benchmark, mile marker, where I realized, you know what? I'm done. I don't want to actually attempt the full 50. I would rather spend my time today with my family instead of running. Now, the choice to quit that day was an interesting one, looking back at it, because the, the thoughts that I had in my head on that day was there's a certain use of my time that I would like to have that now has shifted. First, I thought it was running all day, and then I thought it was family time, and I ended up with both. But when I look back at this, I quit on a race that I had said yes to, right? I quit when I should have pushed. There was an obstacle, and that obstacle was the desire to do something different, something other than what I said yes to that day. My family was going to be in town for days. It wasn't as if I wouldn't be able to see them. Right, I made a decision to quit. I gave myself an out, and that was a mistake because I had every reason to continue to run. There was nothing physically stopping me. I was in good shape. I had the materials. I was ready. I was in the middle of the race. I was doing it, and I quit. I gave up in the middle of the race and just walked away. Now, they gave me credit for running 50 kilometers, which was nice, but that wasn't the goal. I I got a, it was called a DNF. I did not finish. And I walked off the course and looking back at that, what, like, what was I thinking? Right. I know what I was thinking, but what was I thinking? Because when you set a goal, something just like a marathon, something that has a specific finish line attached to it and you've planned for it and you've prepared for it and you've looked forward to it and you've anticipated that day and then the day arrives and you're doing it. And the reason you stop is something that isn't aligned to something that's actually aligned to a reason to quit. My reason ultimately was an excuse. I gave myself an out. And looking back at it, that was not the right call. So what I'm looking for in my life, with the goals that I take on, what I want to make sure that I commit to are commitments. That when I say yes to something, unless there's a really, really strong reason to walk away, like I broke my leg, for example, while running, right? That's when you stop. Otherwise, you keep going. You continue to fight for the thing that you said you wanted. And so for me, that's how I view the goals I have now is I'm looking for that filter and asking myself that question. Is this thought that I just had another excuse or is this a legitimate reason to pivot? Is this a reason to make a change midway through this project? 
And so often we have just endless numbers of excuses. There are so many things we could do with our time that to have the thought that I had in this example that, oh, I could spend my time with my family instead of running. Well, I could spend my time with anything else on earth instead of running that race that day. And I just, you know, I cherry picked out an example because it was convenient. And being able to, to see this you know, after the fact, it was literally, it was months later that I came to this realization. On the day of and weeks you know, after the race, I was fine with it. It wasn't until many months later that I reflected back on that running season and realized what an opportunity I threw away to do my very first 50-mile race. And to this day, I have not yet done a 50-mile ultra. So it's still on my bucket list. It is still on my list of things to do. So that's one of my goals coming up. But I, I love this example just for myself because there's so many projects I've taken on where I have quit and that was not the right call. What if in 2024, you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with my sponsor, Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Finally achieve your new language goal in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's convenient courses have helped me to learn real-life conversation skills in German, including ordering food and asking for directions without having to rely on language apps while traveling. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Now, here's a special limited-time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash 5am. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash 5am, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash 5am. Rules and restrictions may apply. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Next story. This is one where I pushed and it was definitely the right thing to do. Let's flash back to my college days. I had two degrees that I was pursuing. I majored in both theater and psychology, and when I got to my very last semester of college, I had to do both capstone projects for those degrees in the same semester. That's a lot to take on. Individual capstone projects for any degree can be an extraordinary amount of work. This is usually when a master's thesis is turned in or some major project is completed. And for my two projects, my theater degree was a play that I was directing. And my psychology degree was a research study that I was doing that was very in-depth and difficult. At least on, on my undergraduate brain, who since then has learned there's a lot more research than what I did. But for me, it was a really big push. And so at the time that I was in this semester, 
I had said yes to a lot of things four years prior, right? I had said yes to a certain schedule I wanted to follow to graduate in four years. And it just so happened that the way that I, you know, I scheduled my classes by the last semester, I had overbooked myself. There was a lot going on. And I found myself in these extraordinarily difficult moments, literally brought to tears on multiple t- examples where these late nights were just pushing me over and over and over. And I didn't know what to do with it because in my head, I had said yes to so many things. And the idea of quitting was a disaster. It was the worst case scenario. You can't quit on a project midway through your last semester of college. You can't fail these courses like all of these. Just I can't do this to myself. I can't let these bad things happen. That was the the, the mantra just like pinging my brain over and over again for weeks. And at the end of the semester, as everything played out and I challenged myself each and every day to stay committed to my goals, to refine my schedule, to be more efficient, to cut more things that didn't matter, to focus on the few things that did, as the semester unfolded, I began to see more margin. I began to see more opportunity. I began to see ways to accomplish the goals that I had set for myself. So what I actually experienced was the very traditional just too much happening at one time and then me pausing to ask the questions, what do I do about this? And for most examples, when you have way too much happening at once, most often it's a very short-term thing. couple of days, couple of weeks, usually doesn't last forever. And so there's a light at the end of the tunnel that's usually very clear. And the only question is, how can you make the right choices in this moment to smooth things out for the short term? And then after that kind of big push is over, you reevaluate and make a better schedule to hopefully prevent those moments going forward, while also making sure you know what to do when things get crazy because they're going to. And these are when strategies like looking at your calendar and cutting them as much as possible come into play, where focus blocks of time are incredibly powerful. Right? This is when you can ask yourself, how do I manage my schedule, not just for the kind of rhythmic week-to-week nor- the norms, but for knowing when those moments take place when just a lot of things happened at once, that you have a strategy or a list of strategies to handle those moments. And then you lean on those. And you see that those can play out. And so for me in this last semester of college, as I began to see that my efforts were paying off, that things were beginning to work, then I had motivation. Then I had a reason to say, let's keep pushing. At the end of the semester, it all worked out. I graduated. I finished my courses. Everything was fine. But I had many moments where I did not believe that would be my reality. Many nights that were just late nights, very difficult I don't want to experience those too many of those, let's say, because that honestly, looking back at it, was the hardest three months of my my working career. I have never pushed so hard as I did in those three months. And I haven't done so in part because it's not the best way to approach work. It's too much. It literally almost broke me in the sense that I was just like physically and emotionally breaking down too often. Like on occasion, those things may happen, but if that's your life as the norm, something's got to shift. Like pushing is good and pushing can challenge you and take you to the next level. I'm going through one of those scenarios right now that I will discuss in this podcast in a few weeks. But I know that having lived these in the past and going through them now, that those moments of decision, those breaking points where you have to really make that decision, do I quit 
and give up all this that I've worked for or do I push through to see it to the end, that will really define the way that you approach your goals and the way that you approach your life and it will directly affect the results that you get and the, the life resume, let's call it, that you're building. So knowing when to push, there are three specific criteria to consider. The first one is that when you're close to the finish line, this is the time to dig in. You don't want to quit when you're right there. I mean, my example of being at the very end of my college career and considering quitting, like, no, I'm right there. Just finish. Just do the work, get it done, and then take a month off right, and chill. But when you're that close to the finish line, odds are pushing through is the right call. Second criteria is when the benefits of this project would change your life phenomenally. You know, big goals bring big results. So you want to push through when it counts. And if there's a certain goal you're working on that would revolutionize your career, your family, your personal life, your health, push through on those things. Make those things matter. Acknowledge that this is significant and let that be part of the motivation to continue. Third criteria is that when the potential consequences are not likely or dangerous, then pushing through is probably a good idea, right? There are a lot of reasons to stop, but most of them are excuses. Most of the time, the things that are in our head that are stopping us, those doubts that we experience are just not real. So you don't want to quit because of perceived danger. You want to make sure it's actual danger that stops you from pushing through. So now that we've covered a couple of stories about when to push, let's now discuss quitting. This is a topic I love. As a guy who teaches productivity, quitting things or deleting things or canceling things is so refreshing. It's so invigorating because it just simply means I'm making a decision to pivot in a really powerful way. So here's a story of when I did not quit, but totally should have. My last day job. This was a thing that I did just before I became a full-time entrepreneur. And I worked at this company for five years. And the only reason I don't anymore, honestly, is because the company went bankrupt. And they laid everyone off, and it was done forever. But I knew this was coming. Both the me becoming a full-time entrepreneur and the company having severe problems Both of those things were true for years. And so as I saw these things unfolding, it wasn't a question of if, but when. I knew that at some point I would have to either jump ship on my own or that ship would sink with me on it. And it just so happens that the layoff was the thing that pulled me away, but that was such a mistake on my part. It worked out in the end, and I'm glad that I was able to take that time that I had to make that transition to do what I do now full time. But honestly, it kind of freaks me out to say that if the company had not gone under, that I would still be there today, six and a half years later, working a job that was not a good fit for me, doing something that I knew full well was limiting my own potential. It was not a bad company per se. It wasn't a bad job, but it wasn't the thing for me to do. It wasn't what I should have been doing with my time. What I'm doing now is so much more aligned to the best version of me. And there's still more growth to be had there. There's still so much more I can push for the future. But I know that now, having lived this decision, having been in this for the last six and a half years. But I would never have had that chance had the company not pushed me out the door. And so what I did was I hung on. 
I should have quit. I should have made a plan and set a date on the calendar and stuck to it. Because the end result of that decision would probably have been the same as it was anyway, just sooner and better because it would have been my decision. And so it's one of those cases where you're probably in a job right now. Odds are, if you listen to this podcast, you have a full-time job. That's what you do. And odds are you want to change. And the reason why I know that is because all the data from every survey of every person in the history of the world says that we all want to quit our jobs. Like, that's just how it goes. And honestly, I feel the exact same way, often. And I created my own job. This I chose this, and yet I also want to quit what I'm doing all the time for a variety of reasons. Because that's just who we are as people. Most of us are ready to jump ship at a moment's notice. And not because we're working a terrible job, usually. But it's because that ping in our back of our head just won't go away that says, what if? What if I could be doing something that was better for me? What if there was a better solution? Not just a higher paying gig, but literally a better fit for you day in, day out. Something that would actually light you up and say, this is what I was born to do. If that's not you today, if you're not in that position right now, I'm not telling you to quit your job today, but what I am saying is, Don't do what I did. Don't put off the inevitable if you know it's possible to make that choice sooner. Because the sooner it comes, the sooner you get to live that life that you were born to live. And if you continue to postpone that decision, if you wait for someone else to pull the rug out from under you, if you wait for that company to say you can't work here anymore and that's what you're waiting for, you might wait the rest of your life and you might miss the window. Because there is a window. There is a time to quit. And if you don't do it, it may disappear. And I'm, I'm not arguing that every single person should be an entrepreneur. Not my point at all. My point is, is that if things aren't working, and you know they're not working, and yet you continue to go back to that choice every single day, then you're just going to keep getting that result day in and day out for the rest of your life. So at some point, things have to change. At some point, there has to be a lie in the sand. And quitting might be that line that changes your entire life. Fast forward to the end of 2024 and think about your goals. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should check out my sponsor, Babbel. Finally achieve your new language goal in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold, and studies from Yale, Michigan State University, and others continue to prove Babbel is better. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Babbel's convenient courses have helped me to learn real-life conversation skills in German, including ordering food and asking for directions, without having to rely on language apps while traveling. Now, here's a special limited-time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash 5am. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash 5am, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash 5am. Rules and restrictions may apply. Now, 
Now I have one more career related decision that relates to quitting where quitting actually was what I did and it was the right call where things worked out in the end because that was what had to happen. So this goes back a few years where as an entrepreneur, I have partnerships with a variety of companies for all kinds of reasons. And one of these partnerships was failing. It was one where I had signed a multi-year contract and I had agreed to do quite a bit of work. And initially, it sounded great. Everything on paper was wonderful. Both parties seemed very pleased. It was a good deal. But as things unfolded, and this is fairly common, you begin to find some ruffles. You begin to find some conflicts, some tension, reasons why this is not going to last. And for me, that tension just kept building and building and building. And for a couple of months, the only clear path was to quit. But I had this long contract and didn't really know what to do with it. And so I just began the process to talk to the company to say, what are our options here? Can I get out? Can I leave this contract? Are you okay with that? And in this particular case, the person I had partnered with, the company in this case, they were not okay with that. It was not in their interest to have this contract cease to exist early. They actually wanted this to be a multi-decade deal if they could get it, but I wasn't interested in that. And so we had a lot of back and forth, a lot of conflict, and ultimately we did decide to end the contract early, but man, was that a battle. It was such a difficult fight to get to that point where we could part ways and have an agreement that was going to be okay for the future. It was tough, but it needed to happen. It was the best thing for me. Whether it was best for them or not, I don't know. Probably not. But it was what I had to do. And so I did it. And looking back on it, you know, obviously I would never have signed the deal to begin with because it did not work out for me. But saying no to that deal midway through, backing out of something that was going wrong and making that call, well, that saved me. It saved me all kinds of time, all kinds of stress, and allowed me to move forward at a, at a better pace, doing things my way. And I'm a control freak, so if I could do things my way, that's the option I tend to take. And when I see things that don't work, I become very hyper vigilant about solving that problem. You know, one of the things, one of the advantages, I guess you could say, of, of working for yourself and, and being the CEO of your own company is that you get to make those kinds of calls a lot more often. And granted, those may be more difficult as an employee, but I still had that power when I was an employee, just like you still have that power today, regardless of your career choice. You have the power to choose. You can say yes or no at any point in time. And it may be a battle to kind of unfold some tangles there, but that process is available. You can begin that thing now. And so if quitting, once again, is the right call for you and you see a brighter future because of it, then do it. Not just with your career. And this could be any goal you're working on. It could be a health goal. It could be a marathon you're pushing for that you realize midway through is killing you, that it's, it's tearing your body to pieces. I've been there before too. I've quit training for races because it wasn't the right move at that time. It was the wrong season of my life. I wasn't ready for that commitment. And so quitting wasn't failure. It wasn't giving up. It was acknowledging reality and saying there's a better path forward. So how do you know when to quit? Well, there's three criteria for this one as well. Number one, there is no prosperity in the future if you stay. 
So if you're doing something right now that the long-term trajectory doesn't add up for you, the job you're at now, a partnership you agreed to, the marriage you're in, if those things aren't working and a future is not prosperous and not beneficial for everyone and really will not work, then you have to make the call at some point to stay or to go, to push or to quit. Those choices have to be made at some point. And if you do not see a prosperous future, that could be a sign it's time for at least a reevaluation. Second criteria is you keep thinking about it. It just won't go away. Like I said before, it pings your brain over and over again. And anytime something's on your mind that often, you have to listen to that voice. And once again here, quitting is not failing. It's just making that smarter decision for your brighter future. And if you've got this thing on your mind all the time that won't go away, it needs to be addressed. And that may not mean quitting. It may not mean a dramatic change takes place. But at least it will mean addressing that issue head on, right to its face. And being able to say, let's take this on and let's find a viable solution. But don't let something just ping your brain endlessly because it will just drive you nuts. Third and final criteria is that there is something much better to replace the thing you're currently doing. So quitting is awesome if there's another thing on the horizon that's going to replace it and be that much better. So if you have a better alternative, you want to take that thing as soon as you can and move forward. Now, if we go back to the example of me not quitting my job, being a full-time entrepreneur was no guarantee it would be better than my day job. Financially speaking and stress-wise, I mean, I was really putting myself into a difficult position. So in that example, it wasn't something that was clear to be able to quit to go to. However, there are often cases where that is your scenario, where there is an opportunity to make a move, even if it's hard, but it will get you to that better place. So if you are there and you know there's something that can replace your current reality and that new thing really, truly is significant, don't hold back. Don't limit yourself out of fear, which is really the vast majority of this conversation is all about. Everything when it comes down to pushing or quitting, to going forward or to giving up, all of this conversation really has to do with what motivates you and what scares you. Because those two things, those drivers, those emotions, that's us every day. That's what, you know, gets us out of bed at 5 a.m. in in the morning to push on these big goals, to, to pursue these things. Are these emotions, these hormones, these drivers, those are the things that are there for us. But conversely, we also have the alternative of that, which is that fear that says, hold back, don't push, stay inside, don't go out. Don't say yes to this new thing. Don't email that person. Walk away. Right? All of that fear most of the time holds us back. In modern day living, those fears most of the time are not valid, not real, not helpful. So acknowledge that. Acknowledge what's a real, actual, tangible danger, which is rare, and then acknowledge everything else in the world, which is totally not. And then when you have that kind of clarity, when you know what to do in those moments, when that breaking point shows up and you can say yes to something for the right reasons or say no to something for the right reasons, you have so much more control of your time, so much more control over the projects that you give your life to, and then you control the outcome. You control the results, but you have to know what to do in those moments. 
And oftentimes the best way forward with that is just to think about it. Just address it. Acknowledge what's happening, sit down, and make a plan. And at the end of the day, the real question is, do you want to burn out or break through? To burn out or to break through. That's where most of these things end up. This is the call to make. Uh, With the goals you're currently working on, are you about to burn out with this project that's just too much? Or are you about to break through to a new horizon that will change your life forever? Are you about to succeed and finish that last semester of college? Or are you about to fail miserably because you pushed yourself so hard you fell apart? These are the kinds of questions that matter so much. Because these things define, once again, those successes or those failures, the end results that work or the ones that don't. I love goal achievement. I love challenging myself. I love being able to say yes to something that really fits me. But knowing what fits you and knowing what doesn't, that is tough. That's the self-awareness piece, the personal growth piece, the life experience piece that all comes together that says, this is the life I've chosen for myself. And if I don't like what's happening now or I don't see a brighter future, then we're going to pivot. We're going to change and make a new plan. And that is what we're going for here. That new future that's brighter and better because you made the call when it mattered most. And for that action step this week, clarify upfront the difference between excuses to give up and legitimate reasons to quit. You know, sometimes we do bite off more than we can chew and we need to stop something. But most often, we are holding ourselves back. You know, knowing the difference here is the breaking point between success and failure, between finishing a project correctly and pushing so hard that you regret something serious. So take a moment and plan out on paper what this looks like for each major goal that you have right now. Now, for the show notes this week, go to jeffsanders.com slash 380. And that is all I have for you here on the 5 a.m. Miracle Podcast this week. Until next time, you have the power to change your life. And the fun begins bright and early. Hey, it's Jeff Sanders, and I'm here to tell you about Greg McEwen and his amazing show, The Greg McEwen Podcast, part of the Yap Media Network. Want to achieve more by doing less, all while avoiding burnout? You can design a life that really matters with Greg McEwen, author of New York Times bestsellers, Effortless and Essentialism. His mission is to help you advocate and negotiate your way to remarkable results. Every Tuesday, Greg discusses one key topic he finds interesting and valuable through the lens of the essentialist. Every Thursday, he invites thought leaders, entrepreneurs, celebrities, and people like you for inspired weekly conversations focused on learning how to do what matters first and do less but better. His content will stir your thoughts and spark inspiration and action. And his British accents, well, that's just the cherry on top. Subscribe to the Greg McEwen podcast today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform.